Places, please. Places for the top of Theater Countdown. I had a dream, a dream about lists, baby. It's going to be, I don't know. Hi, everybody. You're listening to another episode of Theater Countdown Podcast. Lucky you, I'm your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, here with my good Cheryl's Asmarad, Gavra Mikkel. I didn't know if you were going to say it or I was going to say it. I didn't know either. And that's what's really fun about it. We just don't know. Uh, But here's what I do know. What do you know? I know that it's somebody special's birthday today. That's right. It's Naomi Campbell. That's right, Naomi Campbell. And who else? (laughs) Oh, it's my birthday too. It's, it's your so birthday. Funny. <laughs> Here, I got you this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Oh I'm listening with all ears. It's 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 a little <laughs> it's a little worn in, but there it is. I don't see um, a gift receipt, so I guess it's mine. It is yours. Um, what uh, what has been the highlight of your last year in your twenties, and <laughs> what? is your fondest hope and desire for this new year, this new year of life that you're embarking into? Oh, let's see. Um, I would say the highlight of my year has been exploring um, a new chapter of my career, which is associate directing. And I got to do the notebook and, and work with a bunch of really talented actors and and creatives, and then also um, start developing a new musical, another new musical, The Muhammad Ali Show. Um, And my wish and hope for the next year is that I get to continue doing that and that the writers come to an agreement with these big execs so I can do more TV shows. (laughs) Great. I mean, here's the deal. It's got and health and all that stuff. You know, health for me, my family, all that, all that good stuff. You know, blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> but but money, 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 capitalism, yay! You know, I I find that that can become more and more important as the birthdays continue. There, I find a little bit more focus on the dollar, dollar. I don't know. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like, anyway. Um, well, I wish you the very best for a Thank healthy, you, happy new year. I love you. I love you too. And I wish you a happy birthday. Do, are you a big cake person? Do you, are you doing a cake today? Uh, I maybe have. Maybe someone's going to surprise you with a cake. Maybe someone's going to surprise me with a cake. I have no, I have had no cake yet. No okay. Cake yet. I can't imagine this will be a cakeless day. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. I'll report well, back. I'll let you know. Okay. I like it. I like it very if much. If I were to have a cake, it would be a strawberry shortcake. That's my Ooh, yum. Right? Yes. Yes. Do, Best. Is, is that like a piece of shortcake, strawberries, loose strawberries, or is it like all big together kind of deal? No, it's, the, I mean, like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I love a good, I mean, I love all cakes, <laughs> but I do love a cheap grocery store cake with the thick frosting and food emporium next to the Eugene O'Neill Theater used to do a really good strawberry shortcake with that like thick, like sugary icing and the like some real, some like sort of fakey strawberries, like where do they come from? But they're delicious yeah. on a cake. Um, yeah. So I, I like either. I like the fancy bakeries, but I love a grocery store special. 
Absolutely. Uh, nostalgia, I think, too, is involved it in is nostalgia. Store, a grocery store cake. Because oh, I didn't grow up where they had Fudgy the Whale and Boo Boo the Clown or whoever. What are those cakes from Carvel? Carvel. Also known as Boo Boo the, Boo -Boo the Clown Cake. <laughs> no, isn't there a clown? Cookie Puss. Cookie Puss. I the clown is never... named Cookie Puss. If somebody really? can fact check me on this. Yeah. Fudgy the Whale and Cookie Puss are famous ice cream cakes from Carvel. But my whole point was that I didn't grow up with those. So why I know this is anyone's guess. Longing, uh, the yearning uh, for it. The yearning, <laughs> the yearning for Cookie Puss in my life. Um, you you mentioned the the strike. So if we're going to do some hot, sexy theater news. We interrupt our program to bring you this. Theater news. Then that's it. Yeah, that is it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're in the middle of the uh, WGA strike, which we now know is affecting the Tony Awards. Well, it did affect the Tony Awards. They they first announced that they were not they were going to postpone the Tonys because the WGA uh, wasn't really cool with it. And then they right. they then appealed. came out and yeah, they appealed. They appealed uh, and were granted. I guess the granting is just that the WA will not be picketing the event so do what you will but we're and we won't we won't ask the membership or encourage the membership to strike outside physically um but it opens up a whole bunch of questions about what what this broadcast will look like yes now. and um, what it will sound like right so the idea being that there will be no at least professional union writers employed on this so yeah, I, it, we were talking a little earlier about like, do they bring in like non-union writers, which seems like a really shifty thing to do, yeah. or are we just gonna let these fabulous theater people get out there and make the play up as they go? Right, like, I guess to announce nominees, they'll just like, they, I guess they're like, oh no, we don't need a writer for that. We'll just have them go up there and and list them, and uh, uh, yeah. Right, we're available, is what we're saying. That's, <laughs> I think that yeah. To eat up, to eat up 30 minutes. Just throw some nominees in us and some envelopes and we'll wax philosophical. Yeah. I'm up for the task. Yeah. Uh, so it's on. <laughs> it's on. So it's on. It's on. Until further notice. Yeah. Great. Well, good. I, I, because it's the biggest commercial for for the show. So it's a, it's a huge benefit to the community as far as it's a big commercial for all of the shows that are yeah. that are up and running and will make a big difference in those box office receipts. And that means more work for people and all that. But more importantly, hopefully these CEOs at Netflix and Hulu and Disney and will get their heads out of their butts and start paying writers what they're worth. Yeah. Because that's the big question, right? It's like all of the new streaming stuff it's that is so, like- it's Yeah, it's the new. rules around streaming and yeah. They've not, they the type of media that we're putting out doesn't, there were never rules created to govern that. So the old rules don't work for that as far as yeah. residuals go and that sort of thing. And so that has to be sussed out. Yeah, as well as the whole AI conversation, which is a very big one. Yeah, like if an AI writes something yeah. that I don't even see, now I'm lost in the core maze of my mind. I don't even, I can't even, what does that even mean? Basically that AI can like can generate scripts without the presence of a human. Which is wild. Will they be good yeah. scripts? Well, there have been some some scripts written. I mean, my 
answer is no, but that's yeah. why, you know, I posted something that, that one of the, one of the picketers in LA, I think it was like chat GPT doesn't have childhood trauma. It was one of my favorite picketer signs. I love that. In lastly, can't be funny. <laughs> exactly. Can't write comedy. You need a healthy dose of childhood drama. That's what makes a person interesting. Let's be honest. Heartbreak, abandonment, you know, <laughs> <laughs> lies, pain, sorrow, grief. <laughs> I'm just going to start naming ET people. ET doesn't have all that shit. No. <laughs> well, actually, ET really does have a heart, but. Oh, he does. It glows. Yeah. 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 But not, so. not real. That's the point. That's right. It's a puppet, the glowy puppet. Yeah. Um, so that's great. that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's some very, we have a cool episode today. And we do. We do have, we have a cool episode that we want you to listen to and tell your friends about and, and subscribe to and follow us on social media at theater countdown, unless it's on Twitter, then it's a theater count. Cause they, nobody got time for that. That's right. And you can rate and review us. A little review goes a long way. Um, Just come so on. I would love birthday wishes. Like, please like DM us and like, please wish me happy birthday. Sing me songs, you know? Yes. Yeah. 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 Follow this us, subscribe. It isn't very long. Hey. Yeah. That wasn't. That doesn't good. take very long. That was excellent. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, good. And uh, today is fun because we have a friend here with us too to celebrate. Yes. Birthday. Another birthday gift. A very dear friend of mine who I'm excited to have with us because I feel like this person is going to have some really good musical theater duets. I'm kind of uh, tingling about the whole thing, frankly. I know. I mean, I'm always this. tingling, but like this person makes me like tingle extra. Yeah. Ever bonus since 2008. Tingle. Yeah. Bonus tingle, 2007, yeah. 2008. The tingling began with us. Um, <laughs> our next star. What? Uh, <laughs> our, our guest is a three time Tony Award nominee for his roles in, in The Heights, La Caja Fall, and The Boys in the Band. But he will tell you. He'll tell anyone who listens that he first got his start in the movie Camp. Um, I, I, I have things to say about it to him today, so I'm I bet you do. I bet you do. Um, aside from the other the other Broadway shows that we have mentioned, he um, was also just recently in Tick Tick Boom in the Lin Manuel Miranda who the musical Tick Tick Boom, playing Michael uh, and. This summer, he is going to be doing Little Shop of Horrors with Patty Murin at the Muni. This very talented special guest is Robin DeJesus. Hi, Robin. What up, what up, what up, my people? Hello, loves. Wild applause. Um, uh, Robin and I did In the Heights together off-Broadway, and I'm not kidding. Every five minutes, he would say to me or to anyone, I was in camp. You know, it was a good affirmation. It was just a way to, you know, feel positive. You just be it like, was. You know, I was in camp. Can't nobody bring me down. I was in camp. <laughs> is that like a, like I like I survived Vietnam kind of vibe? Is that what that is? <laughs> no, it was more so that when the movie first came out, the audience was so small that it was like, there was someone back home who was mad petty and used to refer to how's Robin in his big movie career. And she was oh, fully yeah. being facetious. And so because the movie only had like a, a, a smaller audience, then I would just joke around like I was in camp about yep. any little thing. If I didn't get my way, I was in camp. 
But then over the years, the the movie accumulated an audience. So it, it following. It's a huge cult following. Yeah. 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 So yeah. anytime Robin to... like Robin would get a note and he'd be like, I was in I was in camp. <laughs> I love Tommy that. Kill was probably sick of hearing that. I listen, I <laughs> I want to just say for the record in front of you and from everyone, I will never forgive Vlad. I just it's it's bullshit, Vlad. I just nonsense. And if you know And you now know. there's more Vlads in the world, I feel like. There's Vlad is everywhere. Vlad, all these straight men in need of attention, just flirting with gay boys, messing with our hearts. You know what? Harry Styles is Vladding all over us. <laughs> oh, is that fair to say? He is the Vlad of pop culture. Oh, He's wow. the Vlad of the moment. He is. I but every now and then there are a couple of Vlads out there that I'm like, oh, you just DL. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I would sign that contract. <laughs> From Vlad to Glad. <laughs> it, oh my gosh! And that's that's all about perspective, isn't it? It truly is. Choose joy, people. Choose joy. Choose joy. Uh, Robin, another gushy moment. I just thought I don't know how, but I think I ended up in the front row for uh, Boys in the Band. I think I was actually in the front row, which was kind of a crazy vantage point to see it in, given the set and the, like the reflections and all that, the mirrors up top. Uh, but you were just the heart and soul of it. I think it was Paige Davis and I were in the very front row for whatever reason. And we're oh, just, oh my God. I may have seen you after the show backstage, but I just. Yeah, because Paige loved the show. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. That was a really dope experience. Paige, I think, came at least twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, she dragged me along for one of them and I was real, real glad. <laughs> I bought the, I bought the, the sissy faggot homo. I bought the shirt. My nephew wanted the shirt and he's straight. And I was like, like, I love that you want it, but where are you going to wear that? Right. Like, I want to know where. Church. Yes. Church. Correct. To the Correct. Kingdom Hall. A date. <laughs> Confusing. Um, now, this is, this might be a silly question. I don't know. What were the, like, doing a show on stage versus doing the show on film? How different did you feel you had to play your character? Funny. I the making of it didn't feel that different. If yeah. anything, I, I remember that we were, the cast, we were all joking about how we felt like we were giving the same level performance. Yeah. Um, however, what Joe ed edited with the editor is not at all what we thought it was going to be. Like, really? Yeah, when I saw the movie, I was like, whoa, this is, this is the way more European, subtler vibe. Like, it felt like, it felt like Joe sometimes picked the take before we felt like we were really, which I think was yeah. really, really interesting. Yeah. So the play, the play to me was a completely different experience. Um, the movie has a more of a quietness to it. Um, so there's something about what happened where I can't, I can't really clock all of it because so much of it happened afterwards. Yeah. But what we felt in the moment was actually like, oh, this isn't very different at all. And if anything, Jim Parsons and Matt Bomer said, I want to do, Every movie that I do, I want to do the play version first. Really? Yeah, because it was like we knew that that story inside out. We shot chronologically. It really didn't change that much yeah. script wise. Yeah. And so when we went in, it was we. I remember we hadn't touched that script in a year. We came back and did a run through, and most of us kind of already knew the lines because it was just muscle memory. It it all came back. So there was this interesting thing of like your shoulders were more dropped than they usually would be. Now my perfectionist asked, I have a I have a very loud ego. So, you know, I was like my situ my issue was 
that the saboteur was coming out and i was like yo this the movie you got quinto you got bomber right. you got jim like you gotta bring it so yeah. for me the the big difference was just checking myself because i would i i suddenly found myself getting like a little a little anxious and it was just that engagement with that other monologue. But then totally. because the muscle memory was there, it was a lot easier to be like, nah, you got to go away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it was fun. It was great. I wonder I about that. that when you, something that you've done night after night after night and then translate the the journey and the discovery that you can play with every single night to going with the saboteur popping out and going, I've got one take. This, it could be this take. Especially because the camera picks up on so much. So if you have a thought, any little muscle in your face just kind of like reveals. So yeah. if anything, it's, it's it's really important that that internal monologue be correct so that yeah. you're not giving away anything. So right. I love to do that thing that Jenna Ortega does where I just like try to relax and just like make my face go numb right before every take and just kind of like not reveal so much so that whatever happens is happens when it's, does that make sense? Yes. So mm -hmm. it's a discovery and it's not already, you're not giving anything away. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll do it myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I didn't even think about, I mean, there were so many, there, like you and Andrew and Zach, I mean, Matt Bomer, like a lot of people who do, who work in both mediums, actually. I didn't even think about how many actors there were that do, that do theater oh, and film. Because Quinto and Bomer went to school for musical theater. Yeah, they went to CMU. Parsons went to school for theater. Uh, that that's where he started as well. So for everyone, it oh, was wow. was home. It's just that for whatever reason, their like careers took them somewhere else. But if anything, the the only person I think who didn't have professional theater experience was probably Charlie Carver. Okay, and that was like easy breezy. I think he just like he looked at what everyone was doing. He was like, okay, I got this. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know what was surprising was like Quinto nerding out over musical theater and Bomer as well. Like that, I was like, "Oh, you're those guys." I yeah, Matt, Matt Bomer came. I think I feel like you and I talked about this. Maybe not, but Bomer came to see us in Mormon because he went to school with Tomar Wilson, who was in the show at the time, original cast. And I remember him like hanging out after and like chatting people up and just like sort of like being around the theater folk. Bomer doesn't stop singing like that yeah. is usually I'm the one that never stops singing. I'm just annoying. That is true. I can vouch loud. for that. Yes. No, Bomer. <laughs> yes, you know, you know, <laughs> Bomer though, like, I don't know what Adele album dropped that year, but I, all I know <laughs> I kept hearing Adele up and down the stairs. Oh my God. The stage. He was always singing. And for, let's see, I don't remember if it was Charlie's birthday or I think it was, it was either Charlie or Matt Bomer's birthday. We rented a karaoke room. Okay. In Koreatown. And let me tell you, Bomer, it was Charlie's birthday, but Bomer wasn't playing. My dude came in with wigs. No, really? Oh, committed, committed. He came in, he was trying to role play. Like, I think he and I did almost paradise. You know, and, and I, just love, I just love when dudes try to sing songs in a key that's just not right. Yeah. Well, and you find that the later you get into the private room karaoke experience, the higher the keys get, whether they should or shouldn't. And is it the alcohol or is it yeah. just you playing yourself? Captain Jägermeister does play a certain role in that, I think. Captain um, Jägermeister. But I also, I highly approve of a of a full tackle wig stock karaoke room moment. I would like to be a fly on that. <laughs> I'd like to be a fly on that wall. Oh my gosh. Um. Okay. How excited are you about going to the Muni this summer? Have you Have you worked at the Muni before? 
I did Aladdin there years ago. Oh, that's right. I'm mad excited. It's so much fun. You know what it is? It's like that thing. Obviously, we all want to be on Broadway, but but Broadway also comes with the baggage of the business and yeah. the seriousness. And like it, there's it's really, really hard to maintain the playfulness when it comes to Broadway, or it's harder, I should say. It's, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we're privileged, so like that's cool. Um, but with the Muni, it's like you're just going and living your life. If it has that high school vibe, you're flying by the seat of your pants. So you you make a choice and you run with it. You don't have time to really doubt yourself. Make the choice, you go. You got that harsh heat. Yeah. Yeah. It like it like there's so much distracting you from um. There's so much to make you present. I should say there's so yeah. many things to feel physically and see. Uh, and it also there's the excitement because it's, it's kind of intergenerational too. You got folks who are fresh out of school, you got local folks. So there's something about like that community integration also that changes it and makes it more exciting. Yeah. I can't wait. Do you have a sense of how they're going to stage it? Because Little Shop traditionally can be a very physically small show that happens like in one place, right? But on the Muni, you've got a football field of a stage. Oh, it's they always come up with something fun, some sort of, you know, classy gimmick or something. I, I want to say that Rob McClure did it there a few years ago last. He played Seymour. And I saw video clips and I was like, oh, they they sort of they figured it out. And that's a huge part of why they bring in local students is mm -hmm. they find these moments where the ensemble suddenly like quadruples. Right. And yeah, it yeah. is. It, it, it's a lot, but it's also really fun. And it, and it, it becomes about this other thing. It's it's kind of like I think of it as public works yeah. where they uh -huh. do shows with local community members. Like there's something, it, it, the Muni is its own thing. Yeah. And so you give it permission to be that other thing. I teach in St. Louis sometimes, uh, high school and junior high kids. And being a Muni kid is a very, very big deal. If they get to come in and kind of do exactly that. And you'll have 75 teenagers in, on Skid Row. Wasn't Taylor Louderman a Muni kid? For sure, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of them kids be blowing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's yeah, a, it's a and, and then the Baldwin Wallace kids, right? Is that the school? It's Baldwin Wallace. There are a lot of Baldwin Wallace kids, Baldwin Wallace kids there, and then there's another university. That's yeah, Louis, I want to say that gets kids. Oh, um, Webster. It's Webster. That's right. Webster's yep. in famous. Yeah. Michael James Scott did the Muni as like I believe I believe he did out sure. of college, maybe. Yeah. yeah. The, the other amazing thing about the Muni is if you're fortunate enough to get to do a show with Mother Flower and Ken Page, who is Local theater hero. royalty. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Ken Page is the original old Deuteronomy. He was the, uh, he was the boogeyman. Yeah, 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 exactly. And he's from St. Louis and he lives there now as we has for years. So he always pops into the shows there as, as well. And you know, when, when Ken's around, it's like mother has arrived, darling. You know, it, it, it's just like you're so in awe of him, but he's also so grounded and cool and chill. And it, it doesn't matter what role he plays, no matter how large or how small. When he comes out in front of those 12,000 people, he will get that entrance applause. Like he was the only Marty and Dream I've ever seen get entrance applause. <laughs> <laughs> or Jasmine's father. Wow. Sultan. Yes, the Sultan. Robin, what is uh you've done a lot of stuff for for a minute. What's your favorite role that you've that you've done? That's... Sunny. Easy. 
Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, there there have been other things that have been fun. Like I did this play years ago called Homos or Everyone in America off Broadway, where I played a it was just called The Academic. And that that was really freaking cool. Um Tick Tick Boom too. I really I I I'm a fan of Michael and Tick Tick because I feel like that was the I I always know what I can do, I think, or or usually. And I'd sort of been waiting for something like that role that was more subtle. And I knew that no one expected that from me. So there was there was something about revealing myself in a way that I think was unexpected that that has me very attached to that to Michael. But Sonny was special. I remember the first time I read that script, it was a cold read with the cast at the, at the time. And it was a workshop at the O'Neill. And I knew who he was. Like I dropped in immediately. He was my brother. He was my cousins. He was so many of the people that I that I grew up with, and and so the lines just rolled out very very easily. And and then the love in the room, all of these people who had been so used to being the only person of color in their shows, and then to see us all in one room, and and to be people of color from a very specific culture. A lot of mm -hmm. us were you know Caribbean lineage. Uh, so that's also a different vibe, uh, a different vibe. Um, and and I remember the, the first read-through ending, and we all just looked around and thought, oh, oh, we just we just participated in magic. Like, like this, this was a transcendental experience. And the show was not perfect. It still, you know, it, it, it had its busted moments, but there was there was something there that was just different in the best way you know as i do <laughs> she do i do i mean it's still like one of my top theatrical experiences professionally just like that that group of people and 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 how close we still are today like yep. you know i left the show to to do another to do another show and it's it doesn't you know really doesn't make any difference you never left yeah you were invited to every party. You I were was. With us. Like I, the thing I remember most about that time period is how much we laughed. Yeah. Like yep. there were days that we finished rehearsal and it'd be me as Marette, Eliseo, sometimes Andrea, sometimes KO, uh, sometimes Nina LaFarga, sometimes Janet. But I yeah. feel like the three of us were more consistent. And we leave rehearsal, stand outside, <laughs> and just stay for another hour cackling like abs. Oh my gosh. It was the it was the best and the thing about that group and that time was because the scarcity was so evident in terms of work for us there you could not deny that you had to be grateful yeah and so it's it's very rare that you get to be in something where you're fully in the moment aware of the fact that you're lucky and that this rarely happens and that you got to soak it all in that's not to say that everything was pretty and perfect yeah but there was just this this awareness that we were participating in something that people dream of, and that changed the game. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Priscilla Lopez said to us once, "I never thought I'd hit lightning in a bottle twice," and wow. she obviously meant horse line and this. Yup, that's the one. And also having her there, I know, like having mother there, truly. It was so cool. It was really cool. We need that 15th anniversary concert. I know. Yeah. yeah. Robin was saying to me, we need to do it. We need to do a 15th anniversary concert, especially because, well, I don't know if there's going to be any Tonys, but if they, because the Tonys are supposed to be uptown. 
Oh, like, yeah. Like if Uptown Tony Awards is the 15th anniversary, it feels weird to not do something. I know. And if Ari's hosting, come on. I'll do it. I'm, I'm fine with a block party. Exactly. <laughs> Listen. You know what? If there's, there's not going to be any picketing, so there's room on the sidewalk, you could do it. Let's do it. Block party it out. I'm down. Um, all right. <laughs> let's get down to it because I'm excited to hear it. Uh, yeah, let's get to the nitty gritty because I know that Robin has some has some real gems here in his top five musical theater duets. I definitely have warnings before I go into mine, which might anger people. I can't. Um, oh, people get angry over just about anything. So it's no fine. violence. No <laughs> violence. TikTok thinks I'm a fucking idiot, and that's only because <laughs> only because as Brett wouldn't make a video to stand in her truth with me. About what? Oh, we can't talk about it. It's too hurtful. Mm. It's too soon. Noted. It was our it was our uh our favorite composers. composers list, and people didn't agree so much. Okay. But yeah, that's right. Um, Charles, do you want to red hot recap us? Oh, I would your, love to red hot. Oh, I thought you would never ask. All right, my 10 through six top musical theater duets are number 10. I know Robin's gonna co-sign on this because we used to sing it all the time. Number 10 is Wheels of a Dream from Ragtime. Yep. Number yep. nine is You and Me, but Mostly Me from the Book of Mormon. Uh, number eight is The Confrontation from Les Mis, which no one expected me to pick. <laughs> um, number seven is from our show that we did together. Uh, it's When You're Home from In the Heights. Mm. Uh, mm. I said, Robin, I said it was purely just for Chris Jackson's line. for the. <laughs> I couldn't get my mind. <laughs> yep. Yo, he put so much sauce on that, yo. I yes. was like vibrating. <laughs> and number six is a song you're going to be singing a lot pretty soon. Suddenly Seymour from Little Shop. Yep. Well, yep. actually not a lot. It's like, what is it, one week? How many shows <laughs> you guys? That's it. That's it's it. Wham Bam. Thank you, ma'am. The Wham Bam, thank you, ma'am. I got to figure All out right. where my option up. Because, you know, people, when you do songs that are really well known, you know, people want to see new things. So I got to yes. figure out what my alternative mm -hmm. melody is going to be. I am not worried about you. Never have been. <laughs> I want to know what that is. I'm sure it'll be on. I it's want to know gonna be in a full mix. He will be like, the mix will be on display. <laughs> we're going to switch parts, actually. I yeah, was exactly. Say. I was like, I, that's why, you know, I didn't assume which role you were playing. I just said you were doing Little Shop. <laughs> I don't I, you're going to be the greatest Audrey that ever Audrey. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I'll hit you with my, my 10 through six. Okay. My number 10 is What About Love from the Color Purple. That Ooh. harmony kicks in and forget about it. My number nine was Suddenly Seymour. My number eight, Move On from Sunday in the Park with George. Number seven, Lily's Eyes from Secret Garden. And my number six, which I got some nice feedback on today as somebody was listening, is from Closer Than Ever, the I've Been Here Before, Never That Easy lady duets where they each sing the song and then they layer it on top of each other and it's orgasmic wow. yeah 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 yeah. you are you do you like do you approve it's been a long time since i listened to that but i remember yeah. loving it in high school yeah 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 that's when you love it that's when you love it the most is in high school 100 <laughs> percent. now are y'all are y'all counting in a specific order we're gonna go five through one but is it is it like number one is the absolute favorite yes noted yep okay. yeah and there, therein lies the danger. Yup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Robin, do, it, do you Charles. want to start? Oh, should I start? 
I think you should have Robin start. Why? Oh, okay. I, yeah. All right. Oh my gosh, well, I'm gonna tell y'all right now. I'm also musical theater affirmative action ish right now. I have Good. I have no Sondheim on mine because it's too hard. And if it's Sondheim, there's too many in Sweeney. There's too many in in uh uh Into the Woods. There's there's yeah, it's all over the place. So I'm not doing. I'm not even doing West Side Story. Fair enough. I'm mad about I it. I took I took West Side off of my list actually. A boy like that, I have a love. Yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's and I and I had confrontation on mines as well. I'll have you know. See, my first one. Oh my god, is going to be if Mama was married. Oh, from Gypsy. I'm going old school gay. Okay, we love old school gay. <laughs> It's so much fun. It's written in that place where the girl who can't bell gets to bell because it's just low enough that she can. It's the plot point. It's the sincerity. It's that in that show, everyone always thinks it's about Mama Rose, and it is in many ways, but like Louise is a star too. And there's right. so much in that song that's that that's like layered about their characters, and you, you get so much info on Mama Rose. But also, like, it's a bop. Like, I could just listen to that when I work out. I get a little homophobic of myself when I listen to it while I work out, but it's enjoyable. Well, the question is, what part of the workout are you doing? Are you on the fancy prancer? Are you on the elliptical? I'm on the, I'm on, yeah, there's something about the swishing with the arms. That goes great with gy anything gypsy. Yeah. It gives you, like, Jane Fonda excellence. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I do. I do know. And yeah. isn't it really all about striving Jane Fonda excellence? That's all we, that's what we want. That's all we want. Jane Fonda excellence. That right there, she's the one for me. She's the one. She is that white woman. More than she ever is. now. She's she's it's so in control and at the peak of her powers right now. She has 100%. like three movies out right now. She's putting out <laughs> movies like like shit. Yeah. Oh, like all day, every day. And also yeah. like, she's the one providing work for all her peers, I feel like, too. Yes. I was like thinking she's, that too. Yeah, she's like, she's not just like, oh, I'm getting work for me. She's like, no, I'm bringing others with me. Yeah. Come on, Lily. Come on, Sally. Come on, Murphy yeah. Brown. Let's go. Let's do it, Mary Steenberg. Let's do it. Murph, <laughs> come on, Murph. Murph, <laughs> let's go. I like it. I approve. <laughs> Word. Oh, yeah. I'm into it. All right, I'll go. I'll go okay. next. Um, This is really going to make Ben happy. And again, this is an unexpected choice for me because I never talk about this musical at all. But I love the song and I listen to a really hilarious, amazing rendition of it. Number five is All I Ask of You from oh, Phantom oh. of the Opera. Curveball. Curveball. Okay. I love it. It's got like, I think it's nostalgia for me too. I think it's like remembering when I first saw the show in Toronto, Toronto, actually, they don't pronounce the T there, Toronto. Uh, yeah, but there is an amazing, I'm, I'm not going to play it. Everyone knows the song. The show just closed. We've, we've given that show enough attention. But there is a version with Josh Groban and Kelly Clarkson that I highly recommend you listen to. Wild. Kelly Clarkson is fully belting her part, and it is unbelievable. And Kelly Josh Groban starts, and then Ke Kelly Clarkson. It's like, I sure so I, maybe maybe we do need to listen to just a little bit of that one. Okay, maybe just a little. Anywhere you go, let me go too. That's all I ask of you.
All right, classic girls. That reminds classic. me of, of not getting into the junior high school talent show, singing that song with Liz King. I'll never get over it. <laughs> I blame but Liz. I well, clearly, obviously. Uh, all right. I've got some choices to make because of course I've got like nine songs scrawled out that I've got to squeeze into my top five. So I'm going to be bold and I'm going to say that, okay, my number five is going to be, it's a tie, but it's in the same vein. I'm giving my number five greatest musical theater duet to both of those, the act one closer duet and the finale duet from Sideshow. I will never leave you and uh, who will love me as I am. Both of the Sideshow duet songs take the number five slot. They are the whole reason that that show exists. I you, I could listen to those songs and talk about at the gym. I will never leave you. Yes. I'll go faster. I'm gonna I'm gonna grind. Yes. Yes. The drama of that. That's the superset that, song. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. That squat becomes a squat thrust. It is we giving have very plyometrics. different workouts. We have very different workouts. It's giving plyometrics. <laughs> giving plyometrics, honey. I didn't think I'd hear that today. <laughs> I'm awfully glad I did. So let's we'll listen to um Who Will Love Me as I Am for yeah, just good a, call. Just a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're gonna listen to Emily Skinner Alice Ripley version. Like a she. clown whose tears <laughs> cause laughter, trapped inside the center even seeing smiling faces, I am lonely pondering. Who I want to join this madness? Who would change my monogram? Who will be part of my circus? Who will love me as I am? Who Well, no, I love the other version too. I will tell you that I, that's that song may or may not be on another list of mine in another episode um, mm. that you may have to subscribe to listen to. But uh, I just saw Emily Paget the other day, and she and Aaron Davy were singing that to honor Henry Krieger the other night. It was no, actually, it was to honor Cheryl. Lee. It was a, a benefit honoring Cheryl Lee Ralph, but singing the music of Henry Krieger. And so they were singing, I Will Never Leave You from Side Oh, very Show. cool. And they yeah. chirped that up. They yeah. sing it gorgeously. The blend. Yes, the blend. All right, that's my five. Sideshow, baby. All right, number four, oh, no, Robin's next, number four. Number, okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. I was gonna say a particular song and I'm gonna still say it, but I feel like this show needs a break. <laughs> And that's if I loved you. Oh, carousel. Like I, I love the way, like the the integration of the book scene into the music and how it goes in and out. I love, I love that somehow this dude falls in love and starts talking about kids within six seven minutes, and I'm like, yeah, I'm with him. I'm like, they, <laughs> like I, I buy it, I buy it. Yeah. But I also am like. <laughs> We we could put that show on rest for a bit to like you know so Julie gets a little more empowered you know you sure feel? yes so in its place 
I'm gonna put I'll cover you from <gasps> rent. Good call. It's just it's 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 giving excellence, you know. Rent I'll is full of some powerful duets too. Hundo P. I don't know if Are without you considered a duet, but I think of it as a duet. I almost I almost that. yeah. If we had a little more Adam in there, yeah. You no, know? but yeah. I'll cover you so beautiful. It's it's seemingly so simple. I think that's one of the first times that we got um, a duet between two men that was so tender and so soft and so human and so relatable. And um, I feel like in some strange way, not that this is that we need to do this, but I felt like it allowed homophobic people to maybe like see that we're a little human too. Sure. <laughs> like sure. There's something about that to it. Um, I think the song is joyous too. So I think yeah. that they're they're so in love with being in love with each other yeah. in that moment. And they're quite literally the staging skipping around in a circle, which what could be more like like primal human emotion than holding hands and skipping in a circle in love? Like that's it. It's like that that Instagram video that's like, you have or the, you have a frolic? People don't people don't no one ever told me about frolicking. And there's just like people just take videos of themselves, like literally like frolicking and like skipping through a field. Let's listen. I'll cover you so I can frolic in my apartment. Okay. <laughs> I long to discover something as true as this is. So with a thousand sweet kisses, I'll cover you with a thousand sweet kisses. I'll cover you with a thousand sweet <laughs> You're a good frolicker. <laughs> Frolicking faggot. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> is, that your, is that your scruff handle? That is. That, 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 I, knew, that, I knew you looked familiar. <laughs> Frolicking faggot, honey. Um, I actually this did not did this not make my list? I actually was gonna put what you own on my list. Did we talk about this last time? I can't remember, but what you own is also one of my favorite duets from that show. Mm-hmm. I don't think we talked about that though. We, I think, maybe not. I think yeah. it was too early in the listing to to start divulging much. Yeah, I think you're right. What you own hits. Yeah, it hits. That's all I got. I I like to s sing it, but I always think it should be sung as Adam and Anthony. Yeah, like, I just feel like you don't breathe too deep. I just feel like you have to like really lay into it. <laughs> the nasality of it all. The nasality. The nasality yeah. yeah. I have Adam Cancer in my head because I did so oh. many concerts with him right after the show closed and he was the closing mark and it was in that movie. So like I hear Adam in my head for some reason, which mm. is not a bad thing. It's nice to have Adam A filmmaker Cancer. cannot see. <laughs> yeah, so good, so good, so good. Cancer, not Pascal. No, I know, I know what you're saying, but. Okay. <laughs> but I wanted to, but I wanted to jump in on some Adam Pascal too. Since I, I, no, you I like always that. hear Pascal, like you cannot get Pascal. You can't, out yeah, head. exactly. Well, especially for That's, big Aida fans like us, he's like male Jennifer Holiday. One hundred percent. Yes, that is so true. Oh my he God. is. If Bon Jovi and Ethel Merman had a baby, Adam Pascal. Period. The end. Right. Yes. I'm yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. taking that to the bank. <laughs> um. Okay. My number four is. 
something that's going to make people happy. I, I think, I don't know. I don't care. It's my life and my list. Number four is, <laughs> is Dear Theodosia from Hamilton. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't talk about Hamilton much because everyone talks about it. So like it's, we're good, but I just, I listened to it the other day and I mean, you can just start any song with Leslie Odom Jr. And I'm, and I'll be happy, <laughs> but hearing Leslie and uh, and Lynn sing about having kids. I think it's like, like on a personal note, when I, I remember seeing the show and Lynn's first had just been born and I was like sitting two seats down from Tommy. It was just like super emotional. And then just listening to the song. I mean, it's like anyone can relate to that song. And I think it's, I think it's sweet to be singing about kids. And like, we talked about this last week, just like there's so many romantic duets that hearing like the two people who who are, you know, frenemies, singing about something that they you know share which is a love for their kids is really special also i always want to get inside leslie's mouth like just like yes the the way he postures everything in his mouth like he just like caresses everything like that tongue is mad relaxed the the vowel shapes is the vowel shapes it's the yeah yeah and like he's he's like low-key giving you caribbean too like there's some there's something in there that i'm like oh oh okay trinidad (laughs) Okay. Okay, Tobago. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. It is really true. It's just like it's so tender. It's so nice. Is that can I ask a question? Is that that is that's a duet that exists where they're not in physically in the same space, right? They're existing in their own. I think that's very interesting as well. I love that. That they're not singing the characters aren't singing to each other. Yeah. I find that really fascinating. Yes. Is that how Lily's eyes is? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that almost made my list. Yeah, I I think I'm I'm based on the list that I'm hearing. I'm making some adjustments to my list because I want to celebrate. If you if you guys are covering it, I'm gonna let you cover it so I can have more playroom. You'll Is let us weird? cover you. Oh, <laughs> oh lover. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I accept. That would make my list. <laughs> um. I'm surprised it made mine to be honest. I, I did not see it see that coming. I made a lot of changes. But when high school, all the dudes wanted to sing Lily's Eyes. That oh, for sure. all day, every day. And then it was the argument of like who was singing what in Lily's Eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Have her eyes. She has why am I gonna sing every song? It's that coming, <laughs> coming in on the she has my yeah. <laughs> oh, God, one of my I'm favorite so games to play with my friends now is Mandy Patinkin singing songs in Spanish. I would like so to like, know how that goes, please. So like, so like, me tengo que ir y no es por ti. Contigo está mi corazón. Todo el amor de mis entrañas, de mi cuerpo y de mi alma. It's just like, it's just like, it's a niche market. You know what I'm saying? Like for people who actually know the song. But, uh, you know, I love a specialty item. I know that's right. I, lo- I love, like, dale tu cuerpo, le crea Macarena, que tu cuerpo para darle le crea cosa buena. Hey, Macarena, how? Right? How dare you end with Macarena? What is wrong with you? It's giving <laughs> Edie Gourmet. It's giving Edie Gourmet. Uh, I love Edie Gourmet. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking Underrated. of duets, Stephen Edie. Yeah. Hello. If you want to get to like the great, great singers, Edie Gourmet should be up in there. All day. Every day. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Uh, all right. Come on. Hit us with it. I'm going to hit you with it. My number four... I am doing the Sondheim thing. My number four is Agony. 
I think agony is hilarious. I think when I heard it, I don't think when I heard it for the first time, I don't think that I knew that musical theater songs could do what agony does and be that ridiculous and yet that powerfully sung and that smart and stupid at the same time. And I like it's so good that they didn't even fuck it up in the movie. Like in the in the movie, they've got who is it like Chris Pine and and somebody I don't remember who it was, but not you're know, like your your top rated singer friends of all time. But it's so ridiculous and they're ripping off their shirts and they're kicking water and they're splashing around. And I just think it's so fun. And I think it's a testament to just how magical that song is. So Gavin and Joshua singing that. <laughs> it was edible. Wow. Do you know what's uh, what, uh, in particular that recording? Because if you go to the original Broadway recording, their voices are very similar. They're both very big barrel chested baritone voices. And Gavin's got that creamy, creamy, creamy thing going on. And Josh's is so powerful and so meaty, that voice. That sounded dirty, but you know what I'm saying? It's, well, I couldn't agree more. Let's listen to a little bit of that. What does that sound like? Not everything maidens could wish for. Then why no? So why no? The girl must be mad. You know nothing of madness till you're climbing. And you see her up there as you're nearing her, all the while hearing her. Always ten steps behind, always ten feet below, and she's just out of reach. Agony that can cut like a knife. I must have her to wife. Creamy and meaty, great. That's my <laughs> grinder profile. Talk about Caribbean, actually. Yeah. Josh has some of that Caribbean stuff going on there, too. He did. He almost added Shaba to the song. <laughs> I hate you for that. <laughs> Agony, Shaba. Mr. Loverman. <laughs> I think anytime we can add Shaba to the end of a song. For it's real. It's going to be the right time. <laughs> That's true. Let's, let's add Shaba to different musical theater songs. He okay. wants to say Shaba. Shaba. <laughs> I'm not and that girl. Shop up. Shop up. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. Someone please do their number three. <laughs> my number three is I'm going real old school on this list for whatever reason. That's what I'm feeling today. It is Bosom Buddies from Maine. <gasps> I love, right? Just give me a song where two people just read each other to fill it is so petty. It's so fun. It's like another version of love because clearly they get along. They just like, that's how they express their their uh, enjoyment of one another. Like every now and then I walk down the street, I look at someone and be like, somewhere between 40 and death. <laughs> just, it, it, it hits. If my hair was like yours, I'd be bald. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your dream cast? For that, for that, for Buzz yeah, Buddies? Yeah, so the main revival. Oh my gosh, let's see. I'm out. I don't know Mame that well, so I can't contribute to this. Are you giving Gooch? Properly. You're Gooch. Agnes Gooch. <laughs> Gooch has got some good numbers too. Yeah. I'll take it. She's got a Gooch's song is called Gooch's Song. So yes. you can't go wrong. 
Perfect. Uh, oh my gosh, who should this be? It's such a good one, right? Oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to it by the end of this episode. I kind of like the idea of Queen Latifah. Okay. And I'm Queen Latifah as Mame. Vera is ooh, Uzo Aduba. Absolutely. I think it sits in a real good place for Uzo's voice. That could be cute. And them reading each other, how fun. Well, because they just get to kind of drive the car off whatever cliff they want. Because it goes yes. back to like, do with it what you will, ladies. <laughs> Tony Collette could also eat Mame. Yes. Oh, Tony Collette would be amazing. Tony Collette could eat Mame. Zeta Jones could. Gaga. Oh. Ooh. That'd be very different. I would like Gaga as Vera. I 100%. Could, right on, like riding in on a crescent moon. I mean, All day. Well, yeah. I mean, hasn't. <laughs> I will have already. the edible at the top of the show so it hits by that point. Listen. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I'll see you there. Agreed. Um. All right. Number three. Okay. My number three is actually If I Loved You from Carousel. And as soon as you oh. said it, Robin, I was like, Okay, I have to be honest. I did not know that it was a duet because I learned it when I was in high school as a very young singer and I just knew the solo version. I had no idea it was a duet. Yeah. Um, and when I was doing research, obviously it came up um, and I got to listen to our friend Josh sing it with Jesse Mueller. Uh, uh, that, that recording is so good. It's it's beautiful. It's just one of my favorite songs. Like it's it's just one of my musical favorite musical theater songs. It's so I beautiful. Used to, I used to want to be Billy Bigelow when I was a kid. And then I realized I'm like Billy Smogelow. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a whole club act in that right there. <laughs> I think that's at 54 Below next week. That's the third season of Schmigadoon. Yes. There you go. Yes. Bigadoon. Yes. Um, oh. Yeah. That's my, that's my choice. Wait, I have an Uzo story. Do you remember, Robin, when we were in tech for In the Heights and you and Josh Henry had just worked with Uzo and then she, she called, yes, you did Godspell at Paper Mill and yep. then she called you to tell you that she booked it on Broadway, right? Well, we're, we're, we were in the middle of tech. She got something and Josh and Robin were like, we were in the middle boy. of tech. Quite, oh, was, was it Corn Boy that she got? Corn Boy. She got Corn Boy? remember Joshua left Heights on Broadway to go do Godspell. He did, yeah. He was the he was the first person to leave the show, and then Josh it never Godspell. Well, no, it never happened. So one of the investors pulled out or something. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, Uzo had gotten Uzo got a Broadway show. Yeah, maybe it was Corn Boy. But all I remember is the two of them were all the way at the far end of our theater. We were at Burshnikov Arts Center on Thirty Seventh Street, over a phone, and they both at the same time erupted. The theater, <laughs> the entire theater, was quiet. They were they both like screamed and ran on to opposite sides of the theater and everyone just like looked and I just do you remember I said this? Everyone like froze and I was like, they just found out they saved money by switching to Geico. <laughs> See, the thing is, there's I love, I love to witness someone receive the news that they're gonna make their debut. Yeah. There is something about that first call that's so joyous. It's so loaded. It's so like my friends hate this, but if I know you're making your debut, I want to be at that first preview. I, I want to know what it, what it looks like when you hit the wood floor. 
Yeah. I want to know what that bow feels like. Cause it's, it's, it always, it's, it's so loaded and emotional and earned. Totally. And everybody remembers that moment for the rest of their lives. It's the true. call, they remember where they were. They remember who they called right afterwards. They remember if they laughed, if they cried, if they hugged a stranger, if they shit their pants. Yup. They yeah. look at the phone, they saw 212. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so oh, true. Hey. That's exactly right. Calling, calling. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. And and I should say too, that when we were doing Heights Off Broadway, that was Josh's like second professional job. Everybody was like, there were a lot of people, like a lot of newbies. Josh was fresh out of college. Fresh. He had just yeah. graduated. And everybody Josh was like, where did this kid come from? It was like nuts. That tone. I knew when I heard that mother flower sing, I was like, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. okay. Okay. I totally. see you, thickness. Okay. <laughs> I see, I see you, you chocolate thunder. I see them guys. Oh my gosh. I see, yes. why you, I see why you go eat at Boston Market and order a whole chicken. I see Wait, you. Oh my God. And he used to go get those chicken wings from the gas station. Do you remember there was that gas station on 10th Avenue? Oh, no play. I love me a 7 Eleven moment. That's where my oh. ratchet comes out. A 7 Eleven yeah, wing hits. That's Norwalk. That's Norwalk, Connecticut, right there. <laughs> Connecticut. <laughs> yep. That's Connecticut. Um, all right. Number three is Josh Henry and Jesse Mueller singing If I Loved You. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It's beautiful. Okay. Oh, I, I, you guys just reminded me of like three things. You said Godspell. So then I thought about All for the Best, which is an awesome duet because it's got that like languid versus the patter, but I'm not going to choose it. I just wanted to talk about it. Um, I think I have to go, oh, God damn it. I think I have to go with a boy like that and I have a love. I think it's just, yeah, it's, yeah talk about the the contrast yeah and the and the conflict and the one uppery and the the conversation of it is so flushed out and heartbreaking um and you're just feeling so hard for both of these characters in that moment and it's musically genius um it's yeah that's number three for me it's well, so was, delicious. That that was is. on my list. Like that that would have been near the top if I had put Sondheim on my list. It's too it's good. When, when KO did that, KO yeah. that scene. <laughs> so good. Decadent. I, Decadent. I think it seemed like the people liked it. Yeah, exactly. They gave her one of, the, they gave her one of those diddly bobs <laughs> for that. It's just, it's, yeah. And maybe this will this will quiet down Frog Muncher One Thousand or whoever it was who was very mad that we hadn't included Bernstein in our in our composers list. What was his the name? Kentucky Fried Frog Balls. Is it you really remember that? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. How could you not? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I want to start an account called Kennedy Fried Chicken. Whatever you said the rest of it was. <laughs> fried frog, frog balls. Kennedy fried frog balls. Kennedy fried chicken fried balls. That's the hood version. Do you yep. like us now, Kentucky fried frog balls? Do you like us now? Ribbit. <laughs> sizzle, sizzle, ribbit. Okay. Onward. Number two okay. is getting really intense now. Okay. So, so I'm really torn right now between these two because one of them was already mentioned. And so I feel like I shouldn't make it my number one. It's, it's an emotional number one. Number two or number two. Yeah, I know. But I'm oh, like, okay. oh, you're just thinking ahead. Two, it's already on the list. Oh. You know, trying to get that reveal effect or like, <laughs> you know what? It's my, I, I'm going to say my number two, even though I think yeah. this, this number two 
is really a number one in terms of genius. And it's, this is way left field. The Riddle song, Floyd Collins. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. If y'all don't know it, it's one of Sondheim's favorite songs ever written. Uh, Adam Ghetto wrote it. Right. It's, the situation is like Floyd Collins is stuck in this cave. He can't get out. He's pinned by a rock. And his brother manages to like squeeze his way. It's Chris Invar plays Floyd. And then Jason Daniel, he plays the brother. And he somehow yeah. manages to, to reach him. But he, the rock is too heavy to move. And so he's trying to play a game with him to distract him. And the song is a bunch of riddles. Um, and it's 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 really freaking genius. Like the the lyrics of it, you I have to look up words. Like this <laughs> this song taught me how to read, y'all. You feel me? I yeah. didn't know what a quarry was. <laughs> so this, this song taught me what a quarry was. You know, <laughs> so you know it's also educational in its, its functionality and what we love that. You love it. And then voices. I remember sitting on the train one day with. Seth Rudesky randomly and we ran into Jason Danieli and we I said I'm sorry I just like I have to just be real with you like Floyd Collins is one of my favorite shows like I buy I bow down at you the riddle song whatever whatever and, and Seth Rudesky goes oh yeah 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 the high B at the end and Jason was so chill but when he heard Seth say the high B at the end he goes it was a C ah! <laughs> <laughs> If you're hitting a high C in anything, it you it better be respected. A hundred percent. Quite frankly. That That's is why so I feel good. so insulted when they make the ensemble sing a high C. <laughs> you're like, I gotta sing a high C and ain't nobody gonna hear it. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of work. I want a solo. Mm -hmm. Okay. And a and a dingly bobble. Let's listen to Riddle Song. Yeah, I think okay. we should listen to Riddle Song. What's made a stone, but soft like a pillar? That's not what I asked you. What's pink and green and flies all over? What's made a stone, but it's soft like a pillar? Well, you can lay on top or sink down in it. Well, you can get underneath, but it don't crush you. Come on, think now. You better think now, Floyd. Give it some thought now. It ain't hard. You know, I know, you know, I'm a hearkening back to a time ago. When a day wasn't done, if we didn't raise hell and the sun put us under a magic spell. Huh? You're dumbass, you know that? You must be the dumbest. Shut up! I got it. Well, sand. Sorry. But it's made of stone, soft like a feather. You can lay on top or sink down. Yeah, in. but that ain't this riddle and you ain't got it yet. So keep thinking and use your brain this time. What's made a stone but soft like a pillar? I done told you ready, Homer. I said sand like the great sand cave. <laughs> and I said, sorry. What's made a stone but it's soft like a pillar? Well, you can float on top or dive down in it. Well, you can sink underneath. But it this, uh, this is an education for me, too, because this is not something I was familiar with. Yeah, I don't it know is, if Floyd Collins well. It is bonkers good, that song. Like, it I is a whole nother level. Now, did you ever watch, do you guys know who Will Blum is? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, did you ever see during the pandemic, Will got like 500 cardboard boxes, taped them together in his apartment and did like made a music video of him singing Floyd Collins and that he had made the cavern and the cave out of these boxes and it's, it's still online, you can watch it. It's unbelievable. Really? This thing that he did, yeah. Like arts and crafts, 
music video, musical theater, Floyd Collins, Will Blum. It's outrageous. Oh, I, how did I not know about this? I'm absolutely yeah looking this up immediately. It's a, it's in, it's insane. He put in the time, for sure. Wow. Will Blum also has an insane knowledge of musical theater. Will Blum is listening to this podcast, and if yeah. not, he certainly should. He does. He yeah. knows. He knows everything. Will Blum knows everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, I love that, Robin. I'm you're you're making me now seem like a basic Broadway bitch because my top two are like. That's only because you don't see the rest of the list. I was like trying to like, you know. I was I, I assumed some of the stuff that was already going to be on the list because there's there are other songs like suddenly Seymour is so good yeah. and such an easy one to pin as this yeah. so I was just like I'm gonna avoid it I'm gonna bring yeah. in some other ish that maybe I love it work I love it um, all right well then allow me to be the basic bitch my number two is from a show that we've all done and Robin I forgot that you played Bach I forgot because you've done so much shit. we've all been in wicked and so my number two and actually like i wasn't sure if i was going to do as long as your mind but number two has to be for good Uh, it's just Uh that's yeah which song for good (laughs) oh yeah has to be also side note great funeral song (laughs) absolutely (laughs) one of the better funeral songs i would imagine yeah. No one. All about function here. We're all about function. For yeah. it's a perfect song for those left behind to sing. Yes, I'm here for it. <laughs> That's what you should say. Oh. The topic, those left behind. <laughs> I've heard it said. Oh my gosh! Wait, has this been? Are... I'm not gonna go down this. No, I was gonna what? go no, down no, the rabbit hole. It's like, I, has it been used as an in memoriam song? I've I've sung it at funerals before, and I've okay. seen other people do it as well. Yeah, it's it's I, I, I'm I'm laughing because I'm being an, an a hole, but it actually is really perfect for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Why don't we listen to it? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, let's put it on like a blanket. Bobby, when you come back, yeah. <laughs> because I know you. Because I know you. I have been changed for good And just to clear the air I ask forgiveness for the things I've done you blame me for But then I guess we know there's blame to share And none of it seems to matter anymore
my god. I guess there's, there's not much more to say after that. That's <laughs> much speaks for itself. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there are at this point now. I just I'm. Do you ever feel like you've got to take like care a plastic of the feeling? Bag? Yeah. <laughs> so paper thin. Yeah. Um. I do you ever like feel um empathy for things that aren't real and don't have feelings? You know, like when you throw away a pair of shoes and you feel like they have feelings, do you feel really bad about it? I'm starting to feel this way for songs that aren't making my list. I feel like they're going to be oh. mad. I feel like I have to like buy them a bigger gift at Christmas. I feel like I have to make it up to them somehow. Yeah. Because now we're down to two and like- well, you know what it, what it is too? I, I know for me, like there's certain songs where I'm like, they're, they're easier listens. They're more oh. melodic. And so they're just entertaining in that way. But then there's certain shows where I'm like, certain duets where within the context of their sh the show, there are so many other things to consider. Yeah. So well, and like, that's, yeah. Like Take Me or Leave Me, I love. I could listen to that all day, but it didn't make the list. Great, I'm at number two. My number two is Take Me or Leave Me. <laughs> it did make my list. It's number two. It is iconic from the second you hear that bonk, 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 bonk. I'm owning this. It's my number two. I'm standing behind it. Now duet. it's a demi duet because it's 75% Maureen yeah. with, a, with a splash of Joanne in there. Doesn't matter. Cause when they get to it, that's it. Yes. It's, it's, do you remember the first time you heard this? Yes. yes. And it like crawls into your brain. Right now. It crawls into your brain. They're singing their ever loving faces off. It's, it's so fun. I think about, um, Oh my gosh, when Gavin Creel and Aaron Tveit sang it at Broadway Backwards that year. If you haven't watched that video, get into that because that's Oh, just, I remember that. That's just plain old sexy. It's it's mean. It's mean spirited in its in its delivery. But uh, I think it's homophobic. It's absolutely I, I feel that. gay bashed by I knew it. You were gonna absolutely. Say that. <laughs> I don't know why they're poking fun at me. Um, I think that was actually the last song Jonathan Larson ever wrote. Was it? Take me really it, it was definitely the last song he wrote for the show. He wrote it very quickly. Uh, yeah. So it I might have been like the last thing he ever wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I feel better about it now. Wow. Um, I just say, you every time you hear that, you're like, we're in for a hell of a ride. Yeah. Bring it on. I'm standing behind it. Take me or leave me. I'm here call for me. it. Call me what you will. But I love it. My number yeah. one is already on your list, but it, it just holds a special place for me. And that is Wheels of a Dream. Yes, I knew it. I knew that was going to be your number one. I knew it. We it sung that song backstage together so many times. Like, and obviously Robin's always Audra, but like, I just, <laughs> I like, I, I associate that song with you for some reason. That must, that Wait, must the be thing why. Is, it, the song means a lot to me because you know that thing when you go to high school and the seniors always get the solos or they always get the leads in the musical. Yeah. So that my whole freshman year, I, I was okay with that. I knew that that was what I signed up for when I joined Norwalk High High School as a freshman. Uh, but the last concert of the year for the choir, we, we did a medley of ragtime. And I auditioned for the solo in Wheels of a Dream. And for whatever reason, the teacher was like, I'm gonna give you the solo, even though some of the seniors want it. Like she, she wanted me to have a moment that just, I think, affirmed like, I see you. Yeah. So that song also means a lot to me because of that. Uh, 
I was probably low-key offensive because in my mind, I just, I hear Brian Stokes Mitchell. So as someone who was figuring out his vocal range, I wasn't really a baritone, but I had to be one in high school because I had some low notes. So I was just like imitating him. Yeah. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget this. We went on some school field, some choir trip, and we had to sing the medley. And I said, I see his face. <laughs> <laughs> like face could not i hear his heartbeat <laughs> like oh, oh, all you heard was breath breath because i With could not so much heart so um, much heart oh i just pretend that y'all didn't know what i said yeah kept going <laughs> I used to do that when something's too low, but you just like, you don't let your face give it away. and You make it seem like it's either like a sound issue where they just didn't hear you. I see his face. <laughs> Looking back at sound. Yes. <laughs> like, come on, guys. You're like, Tugging I, on your ear. Uh, I don't. Not getting enough me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not hearing myself in the monitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need more me in the cans I, or else I don't know. But Wheels of a Dream is just like, it's so lush. It's so decadent. That whole second act is full of bangers, like back to oh, back. Yeah. You mm -hmm. sob, you cry. And also, and I remember also clocking as, as a teenager. There was also something really, really cool about hearing a Black woman sing in a different way. Like I was already so aware of the fact that different ethnicities and races were always meant to sing a certain yep. way in, you know, in the white supremacy of musical theater. Yep. And she was such a deconstructor of that. Yeah. That, that it was like, oh, okay. Okay. Where are we doing other things now? Yeah. Yeah. Blasted the doors down for, it gave permission for, for black women to sing that way and get it and get noticed for it and get attention and not have to sing just the big number at the end of the show. Right. On dopey. Yeah. That's right. It also allowed, I think, writers to realize that they were being lazy. Yeah. You know, y'all expect right. this one thing, but if you if you write in another way, you can make all kinds of voices exciting. Here You're for here. it. Thank, Thank you, Audra, for all you do. In nombre del Padre, del Hijo, del Espíritu Santo. I'll I'll tell her when I forward her mail. Yes. Yeah. I that it's listen to about I I get her mail sometimes. Oh, it's, a, it's a weird story. I get Audra McDonald's mail. Um, <laughs> Cheryl's well, truth. yeah, my number one is on is on your list too. It's take me or leave me. <laughs> <laughs> why isn't why wouldn't it be? Why the hell wouldn't it be? Hello, oh, fun. Why wouldn't it be right? Right, right. Why it was like it? it was it was on my list right away, obviously. Uh, I the first thing I wrote down. Yeah. Now I will say I had so many honorable mentions and like, and to your point with the ragtime thing too, like Aaron's and Flaherty can write a duet. I, this isn't, this didn't make my, my list, but, um, uh, uh, once on this Island, my life is forever yours, forever Every yours, word. which I learned as a solo too, as a, in high school. And then like listening to the soundtrack, I was like, Oh shit, there's a guy in here too. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, they but they can really write a duet. A boy like that was on my list and it didn't make it. Uh, but take me or leave me. I will. I mean, first of all, I I remember seeing it when I came to see the show, um, and I was like, 
oh my God, they kissed at the end. Like you, you also didn't see two female love interests having this, this, first of all, this really like hot, like contentious relationship, but also just like Rent is, is so many things, but it's just such a sexy show. And this, there was something so sexy about the, like the strength that both of these women had. I love it. And Eden and I sang the shit out of it at her concert one time. So I'm biased. I want to hear it. Okay. Your version. Both, both parts right now. (laughs) Could you harmonize with yourself? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, should we listen to it? Yes, I mean, of course, everyone... absolutely. All right, let's listen to Taking Your Leave Me since it's on. It's all it's all we can talk about. <laughs> Clearly. It won't work. I look before I leave. I love margins and discipline. I make lists in my sleep. Baby, what's my sin? Never quit. I follow through. I hate mess, but I love you. What to do with my impromptu baby? So be wise, cause this girl satisfies. You've got a prize, so don't compromise. You're one lucky baby. Take me for what I am. Who I was meant to be. Slow, yet over attentive. And if you give a damn, take me, baby. Oh, I will say too, when I listened to a couple different versions of it, and it's funny, you know, you, Robin, you were talking about doing Boys in the Band on stage and then doing the movie. It's funny, it's interesting to listen to Adina's version from the Broadway production and then the movie. It's like, this is a woman who's been living with this music for years. Yeah. Right? Like it was like the melody was, she like just made some different choices and it was like in her bones. Like she had sung this song into her body. It was like when Joni Mitchell redid all her classics. Yes. <laughs> Blue. Exactly. Yes, that's right. Uh, exactly. I remember hearing that and being like, who the hell is that voice on the yeah. Broadway? Because that's before Adina started subscribing to Vocal Technique. And she was, she was just, <laughs> it was dangerous, right? She had that rasp. She sings yeah. in such a super healthy way now. Yeah. Um, and kind of really from wicked on right yeah. but she there it's like rock and roll like it could we could lose this any moment and i love that it's I giving pop up yeah it's giving polyp and i'm here for it yeah, yeah. not full-blown nodes but just polyp so, yeah. it's a yeah. sensible core of invisit yeah <laughs> just a little guy he's your best friend yeah it's, a, sim- it's a monitor it's just a, it's a simple monitor mm-hmm. it's not a surgery it's a monitor <laughs> It comes with a button where you ask for help. Uh, <laughs> it's got its own medic alert bracelet. It does. When it when he when he grows too too coarse. I polyped, I polyped and I can't get up. You just slap your neck when it when you when you need help, you just go. Uh, <laughs> that gets it. Yep. Pop it back in. That's right. Pop it back in. When a lip chill won't do. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> simply won't. You need to manually adjust. We need to ma- we need to do the manual override. Um, okay. My number one is, and we played this in a recent episode, uh, but I just 
I could listen to this duet all day long, every day. It fills me with so many feelings. And I think melodically, it's one of the greatest songs I've ever heard written. It's um, One Second in a Million Miles from the Bridges of Madison County, I think is the greatest musical Ooh. theater duet ever written. Uh, it is... It's a whole song and then it's it's a whole song for him and then it's a whole song for her and then it stops and then it starts and then it starts over again. So it's like six and a half minutes and then they interweave it and they bring back other musical themes from songs earlier in the show and it's bombastic and I'm a big bombast fan and it's so romantic and so sweeping um, that that's why it's my number one. I love that song so much. Mm into it you guys like that song love i don't know it oh, okay love i don't know great. that show oh pretty beautiful music yeah i know yeah i know uh but Charles, we're gonna have a really good time doing the bonus on this one because there's a lot of a lot of ground we didn't we weren't able to cover i I'm know about this but I, know. I feel like i had confrontation on my list as well and you both brought it up at one so i took it off Thank you for relieving me of that well, pressure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought I would relieve you of the phantom lame's responsibility you. because you Thank you've shouldered that burden for so many episodes, and I just thought, you know what, it's my turn. Really, <laughs> I've shouldered that burden since I was eleven years old. I know you have. I know. So anyways, must be so heavy, so heavy. Uh, only my therapist knows for sure. <laughs> That's the God's honest truth. Robin, can you just like stay with us and be on every episode, please? <laughs> I'll stay on only if I could judge. That's what do you think we all, this is what, that's all we do. Just looking, yeah. giving, giving judgmental <laughs> faces. As oh my God. Making everyone insecure. Totally. <laughs> so we weren't insecure enough with these. We're always, we're always this like. Is, this is anxiety inducing y'all. Whoever's listening to this, I want you to know this is, y'all scared us with this. That's right. Tell them. Tell him, yeah. Robin. It's real scary. And that's why we could do this episode 15 more times and we still wouldn't cover all the songs. Yes. Because I have like... planned ABCDQ up on my list. Mm -hmm. I know. Confrontations on my list. Anything you can do. Lily's eyes. Take me or leave me. Say it somehow. Suddenly see more. Boy like that. <gasps> I haven't even gotten to Sondheim. People Say like us. Say it somehow. Yeah, boo-boo. People like <laughs> us from Wild Party is also... Oh. Well, and let's not forget, there's about four of them, depending on which Jekyll and Hyde you listen to. Yes. yes. I'm just saying. For... And don't get me started on Miss Saigon, because you you already I... know. You oh. already know. So I can only imagine how badly you're Aida. It's not... Oh, forget it. All right. Before we all just throw ourselves into traffic, <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> too much for three people to take. Oh, Robin, oh we love you so much. Honestly, you could do this with just Sondheim. You and there's so many subcategories you could do with this with the with the duet theme. Yep. Well, absolutely. And maybe and we think, will. Yeah. I'm here if for it. Keep listening and subscribing. I think you should do like an executive realness duets and musical theater situation. You know, like you should do categories like that. Executive okay. realness? Executive would, realness duets. What would be what would be on the executive realness list? Something from nine to five. Yes. <laughs> Listen, Robin, it was so great having you today. Thank you so much. Well, we could coming. do queer, all queer duets. We could do. <laughs> yeah, we could. Love, we could do all love duets. Yes. Okay, anyway. Argument duets. Sibling mm -hmm. duets. 
Sibling duets. Breakup duets. Breakup duets. Duets where you're not in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How do you condense that to a proper title, though? Uh, you don't. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Four good starts playing. Robin, you're the best. <laughs> Thank you. So I love y'all. Oh, I love you. Thank you this so much great. for joining us today. Oh my gosh, you're the best. Pleasure, love y'all. Thank you for the Come fun. Back. You yes. want to? Do you want to go out with us? Sure. What do. do I do? We just yeah. go. And see. That's it. <laughs> Thank you for the breath. Very calming. <laughs> Centering. The list in me sees the list in you. Namaste. That was that was actually just me trying to hit the note in uh, Wheels of a Dream. Dream. That's right. (laughs) See. See.